Thursday morning I had a sermon ready, almost ready, to be honest. And then by Thursday late evening I knew that I needed to change my plan. Um, wasn't really sure what, but I just felt like the text I was going to preach from wasn't the most appropriate for this Sunday after the events of Thursday. Uh, so I prayed and read and read and prayed and bounced from passage to passage, kind of like the Plinko game on Price is Right. And I fell all the way down, and I landed on Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19. Just one verse today. And I'm just going to trust that this is the verse God wanted to, to speak to us from this morning. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19. And I really just have one simple truth this morning. Um, and that is, hope in Jesus holds. Only hope in Jesus holds. That's really the one simple truth for this morning. I know last week I went 15 minutes over. I have heard about that. Plenty. <laughs> that must have been one heck of a meal some of you guys were looking forward to. <laughs> this sermon is going to be simple, but it may still be 15 minutes over. I don't know. Would you pray with me before we read this passage? Let's pray. Father, it's so sweet to have a silent moment together. And we hear the rain on the rooftop. And we're reminded that you love us. And I pray that this scripture would be like rain for our souls. That, that we would drink it in. That it would nourish us this morning. And I pray that you would enable us to take hold of hope. In Jesus Christ. So we are all looking to you for that blessing this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you would, please stand with me as we read this one verse from God's Word. We stand in order to honor God's Word. It's different from any other book. So we stand to read Hebrews 6, 19. <clears throat> This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, a hope both sure and steadfast, and one which enters within the veil. We're so grateful that we have God's word to read and to study this morning. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. So let's just walk through this one verse. We'll just walk through it together. This hope, this hope that he's referring to is the hope that he has been talking about for, for about a chapter before this verse. I won't read that whole chapter, but what he's talking about is the promise that we have, that God has told us that in Jesus Christ, we have peace with God. So that in the end, when all is said and done, if you are in Jesus Christ, if you're clinging Trusting in, following Jesus Christ, you will have peace with God when you stand before him. That's the hope he's talking about. This hope. This is our foundational hope. The, the hope that all of our other hopes is, are built on is this hope in Jesus Christ. This hope we have as an anchor. 
Raise your hand if you know what an anchor is. Okay. Everybody, this is the illustration that I'm working. I should have known. God, God made this illustration. This hope we have as an anchor. So what does an anchor do? An earthly anchor, it, it tethers a ship to the seafloor. If you're hanging something heavy on your wall, you get an anchor into your, your drywall so that it'll stay. Your pew that you're sitting in is anchored to the floor by screws. Most of them are. One of these pews I sat in one time and I thought I was going to go back in it. An anchor ties the movable to the immovable. That's basically what an anchor does. It ties, it tethers, it connects the immovable to the movable. No. Say it backwards. It's still true, but it ties the movable, like a ship, to the immovable, like the seafloor. That's what an anchor does. So, what we have here, this hope in Jesus, is like an anchor for our souls. It's a spiritual anchor. Anchors keep things from blowing away, like a ship getting blown out to sea or bashed against the rocks and destroyed. We understand a physical anchor. This is a spiritual anchor, this hope that we have. A lot of people don't have a spiritual anchor. That's why so many people are just blown here and there and destroyed by the storms of life that come up. I know a guy, he's a friend of mine. I haven't spoken to him in a long time, but he's my age. We came through school together. Really smart guy. But he had a lot of storms in his life. A lot. Family-wise, it was just a mess. He didn't know his dad. His mom was in prison. His, he stayed with his grandmother, but she wasn't all there. It was just a mess. Financially, things just went badly. A lot of heavy storms. Bad stuff. I don't think my friend had this anchor. And spiritually, he has just been blown away. His life is pretty much in ruins right now, and he's my age. Now, I contrast that with some of you folks that I've gotten to know so well over the last few years. And I've seen the storms that have blown through your lives. And I've seen how even in some of the worst situations, situations that honestly I, I can barely even really relate to, how you remain somehow steadfast. Something has, has anchored you on the deepest level. And it's Jesus. Hope in Jesus holds. This hope we have as an anchor. Now note what it says. This hope we have as an anchor of the what? This hope we have as an anchor of the soul. Very good. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul. What is the soul? Let's not let this fuzzy language just blow past us. Your soul is the deepest part of you. Your soul is what endures. Your soul is the deepest, most enduring part of you, who you are. Imagine there's a, a man working at a sawmill and he has an accident and it cuts his finger off, severs his finger. Did that man lose himself? No, even though his finger isn't intact, he's still intact. A young girl is surfing and a shark attacks her, mangles her arm up so bad they have to amputate it, loses her arm. Did she lose herself? No, 
Even though her arm is not intact, she's still intact. A driver falls asleep behind the wheel, wrecks his car, flips it three or four times, comes out paralyzed from the neck down. Did he lose himself? No, even though his body isn't intact, he's still intact. A man has Alzheimer's and slowly loses his ability to think clearly and loses his memory. Does he lose himself? No. Even if our minds aren't intact, our soul is intact. We die. Do we lose ourselves? No, even though our, our lives are not intact, our soul remains intact. The soul is the deepest, most enduring part of you. To put it in a different light, some of you maybe used to be known as the athletic one, or maybe like the good-looking one. Who, among, who here was known as the good-looking one? I see somebody patting Will on the shoulder over there. <laughs> Kevin raised his hand. Some of you used to be known as the ball player. Some of you used to be the one picked first for the team. Some of you used to be the football stars. Now that fades over time. And I'm not just talking about you. I was never like a star athlete, but I used to be okay at things. But the last time I tried to play basketball or even run from here to there, like I have to stop for a water break about right here. We lose those things. In our youth, we build our identity in some of those things. But as we lose those, do we lose ourselves? No. Even if our abilities aren't intact, we remain intact. Our soul remains intact. Our soul is the deepest, most enduring part of us. So here's the point. This hope that we have, it is not an anchor for our abilities. It is not an anchor for our bodies. It is not an anchor for our minds. It's not even an anchor for our physical lives. This hope we have as an anchor of the... Oh, I thought for sure it would be stronger that time. This hope we have as an anchor of the... Soul. Soul. Wow, that was, that was good. That was good. Our abilities, our bodies, our minds, our lives... All of those things are going to fade away. One day we were going to lose all of those things. But our soul is what endures. And this hope in Jesus that we have is an anchor of the soul. So be reminded. Here's a little point of application here. Don't secure the secondary parts of your life before you secure your soul the primary part of who you are. Don't don't secure your body through exercise and nutrition, but ignore securing your soul. Don't secure your mind through education, but ignore securing your soul. Don't, Don't anchor your appearance through cosmetics and clothes and hair product 
and ignore securing your soul. Don't secure your career through long hours and stress before you secure your soul. Somebody very close to me secured a lot of things in his life. Really has secured the American dream. Got married young, had beautiful family, had a great career. Ridiculously good career for the age. Great house in a great neighborhood. Good education for his kids. Beautiful wife. Had secured all those things. Then two unthinkable things happened. His wife was unfaithful to him. His marriage and family cracked wide open. And then the economy hit. And his financial security cracked wide open. And now, well, we're going to see if his soul is secure. Because all the other things that he has secured are starting to crumble. All the energy we spend scrambling for security of our bodies and our our lifestyles and our appearance and whatever else it may be that you and I are working so hard to secure right now. If it's secondary and if we ignore securing our soul in Jesus, it's really, really, really foolish. And a weekend like this reminds us of that. Here's what it's like. Now imagine with me here, this makes sense to me. We'll see if it makes sense to you. Imagine that this evening you get home and all the TV channels have the same emergency weather forecast on there. That there is a huge hurricane coming for Charlotte, North Carolina and all the surrounding areas. And it is going to be massive. Somehow it just, they didn't even see it coming. I don't know how they missed it, but it's here. And it's going to come in two days. And it is going to be the biggest hurricane we have ever experienced. So you spend the next 48 hours securing your stuff. Just think about logistically, if you knew there was going to be 5,000 mile per hour winds coming through, what you would need to secure in your yard around your house. I know 5,000 mile per hour winds is a little extreme. I don't know how, what's a good hurricane wind figure? 80 miles per hour? 100? Okay. Okay, 100 mile per hour wind. It's coming. So you go home and you realize, I got to pull my cars in the garage. I got to get my grill in the garage. I got to get my dog in the house. I got to get all the kids' toys up into the storage closet. I've got to go to Lowe's or out to the shed and get some wood and, and board up all my windows. And you go and you spend the next 48 hours doing all this and you get it all secured and it's locked down. Nothing is going anywhere. Even if it was 5,000 mile per hour winds, it's not going anywhere. And then the winds start to pick up. The winds start to pick up. The hurricane's here. Everything is locked down, and you get your kids and your family, and you stand out in your yard, and you look at your house and how secure it is, and you watch as the wind (laughs) blows you away. Sounds pretty dumb, doesn't it? But... That's pretty much what's going on all around us every week. One day, Christ is going to return, or our time is going to be up. And many, many people are going to realize that they've been standing out in their yard looking at their house and how secure it all is, but their most precious, most precious, most important things 
they've left unsecured, their soul. So this is an opportunity. A weekend like this is an opportunity for us to look at ourselves. We've all, this is a hard-working church. This is a family church, too. We've got a lot of of families, and we've got a lot of hard-working people. We're fighting to secure a lot of things. It's hard to secure a lot of things. This weekend is our chance to think about our souls. Because I have a promise for you, and it comes from God's Word. One day, your bank accounts, your stuff, your relationships, your abilities, your body, your mind, it will all be blown away. And only one thing is going to remain, and that is your soul. So anchor your soul to Jesus by believing in Him, by following Him. Hope in Jesus is an anchor of the soul. So he goes on. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, a hope both sure and steadfast, and one which enters within the veil. Sure and steadfast. I think the the reason for using those two words, they're very similar, basically means that whether you push or pull, that anchor is not going to come loose. The hope that we have as Christians in Jesus, it is sure and steadfast. You can push, you can pull, the anchor is never going to let up. It's like a permanent anchor. I don't know anything about anchors, but I did a little research so I could talk about it intelligently. Actually, not even talk about it, I'm just going to read to you about it. But there's, there's permanent anchors and there's temporary anchors. If you guys have little boats and you have a little anchor on there, that's a temporary anchor. You can reel it back in and move on. Permanent anchors are for vessels that need to be there. They need to just stay there. Like I assume the battleship in Wilmington probably has a permanent anchor. I don't think they're going anywhere with that anytime soon. So here's something about permanent anchors that might help us think about our hope. These are used where a vessel is permanently sighted. The anchor needs to hold the vessel in all weathers, including the most severe storms. Permanent anchors come in a wide range of types and have no standard form. A slab of rock with an iron staple in it to attach a chain would serve the purpose, as would any dense object of appropriate weight, for instance, an engine block. Modern moorings may be anchored by sand screws, Did any of you know that such a thing existed as sand screws that actually screw down into the seabed? I didn't, but they do. Sand screws look and act very much like oversized screws drilled into the seabed. Or you can use barbed metal beams pounded in or even driven in with explosives into the seabed. And there's a variety of other ways. But the goal is that no matter which direction the vessel moves, one or more anchors will be aligned to resist the force. So that's how permanent anchors work. So you guys didn't know you were going to learn all this this morning, did you? You can wow your friends over lunch with your knowledge of permanent anchors. If it comes up, which it will not. But the idea is the deeper the anchor and the more solid the the item or whatever it is that your anchor is attached to or driven into, the more sure it is and the more secure it is. You're like, well, that makes sense. I'm not really teaching anything new there. He finishes his verse here by explaining where this anchor goes, what it's attached to. He says it's sure and steadfast 
this is an anchor which enters within the veil. Now, do you guys know what the veil is he's referring to? The veil was the, the big, just think of like a giant curtain in the temple that would separate the people from the presence of God. Do you remember when Jesus, when he finally died on the cross, and the earth shook, and dead men came out of their graves, and the other thing that happened was that the veil was ripped from top to bottom, symbolizing that we're not separated from God anymore like that. Through Christ, we can be with him. That's what the veil is. Our anchor goes within that veil. It's it's an artful way of saying, when you hope in Jesus, your soul is anchored to God directly. When you hope in Jesus, your soul is not anchored to me as your pastor. Praise God for that, for all of our sakes. Your soul is not anchored to Doolin's Grove Advent Christian Church. Your soul is not anchored to the Advent Christian denomination. Your soul is not anchored to American Christianity. When you hope in Jesus, your soul is anchored into God himself. So it's not going anywhere. You can picture that veil if it were still up and and underneath it, underneath that curtain, like a, a big, thick nautical rope sort of snaking out from under there. And you know that your anchor is in there. It's attached to God himself. Because Jesus took it in there for you and attached it to him. You still following me? I don't know if any of you would ever be like, No. Well, back to the simple one point I wanted to give you. I have 30 minutes left. Let you do the math and figure that one out. Back to the one simple point. Only hope in Jesus holds. Only hope in Jesus holds. No other hope is going to hold forever. But hope in Jesus will hold. So, let's just think as we end this sermon. What have we secured for ourselves? Is our health secure but not our soul? Is our retirement secure but not our soul? Is our marriage secure but not our soul? Is our career secure but not our soul? Is our family secure but not our soul? You get the idea? I think God wants to invite us this weekend to cultivate a deep, deep, real hope in Jesus Christ. To spend time with Him in here. To let our grip on Him grow firm. What are you clinging to for security in your storm? What is it that if it was, if it was taken from you, you would be totally adrift? Really think about it. What... What is it that if it were taken from you right now, you as a person would just be adrift? You wouldn't know what to do. And I'm not talking about bad things. I'm talking about even things as good as your closest loved ones. Is there someone that if they were taken from you, unexpectedly that you would just be hopelessly adrift? 
it is good to have a tight, real, deep relationship with a spouse and with our kids and with our friends. But we were never meant to secure our final, ultimate hope there. Because as this church knows all too well, we're not promised another day of that. And that goes for for all the things that people put their hope in. Our talents, our abilities, our money, our stuff, our families, our bodies, our minds. This world is so messed up. Sin has screwed up this world so much that it's all going down. But what is secured to Christ, our souls will remain. So enjoy these blessings. But remember, we're not promised another day of any of those things. That's one of the hardest, it's probably the hardest reality in life. And man, at at our church, we've had so many deaths. We've had so many opportunities to be reminded of this hard, hard reality. And so here we are again. And when the storms surge like they did Thursday, March 3rd, everything else gives way. Remember, hope in Jesus holds. And that's what we need to help each other cling to. That's what we need to help the Wilburn family cling to. Mainly through our prayers. And this is the hope that we have to be clinging to when our storms come. And some of you are in them right now. Some of you will be in them. Maybe soon. But I promise you, hope in Jesus holds. Can you say that with me? I'll say it once so you know what I'm saying, and then we'll say it together. Hope in Jesus holds. Now let's all say it together. Hope in Jesus holds. Good. I love you all. This is a good church. In times like this, you guys stand up and become the body of Christ, and it's beautiful to behold. Really glad to be your pastor. I'm really glad you're all here this morning. Let's pray. Father, thank you for giving us an anchor for our soul in this world in which the winds blow and things crumble around us every day and people that we love are hurting and, and we are often hurting. And I'm just so thankful that we have such a sure and secure line from our deepest part of our being to you. Help us all get a tighter grip on that today. Help us all together as one church family to rejoice in this hope. This hope that we have in Jesus Christ alone. And it's in his name alone that we pray. Amen.